We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. KC Laboratory. Sponsored by Emprise Bank. It's the KC Laboratory. Welcome to the Game Preview Edition this week. And today's podcast is brought to you by Emprise Bank. Winning your office's fantasy football league earns you more than just bragging rights. Your winnings can add up to even more with a savings plus account from Emprise Bank. Save faster than ever. Save faster than Tyreek Hill can score a 20-yard touchdown with Emprise Bank member FDIC. And you know who else right now is trying to save? Craig, you know who else is trying to save? The Chiefs Who's trying, trying to save? To, the Chiefs are trying to save the games they are up on this first seed, and they have to win this game against the Bengals. Not have to. They have another. Oh, they have another week. But if they lose one, they're tied with the Titans. They kind of have to win right now. The kind Titans of. somehow keep pulling out these wins. So the Chiefs need to. Chiefs need to run the table right now. And they got the Cincinnati Bengals in Cincinnati. Chiefs are traveling to Cincinnati, a team that's currently in first place of the AFC North. They're kind of in a little bit of a battle too with the Cleveland Browns last week. So uh, this is a big game for the Chiefs. Are you ready for this? Are you ready for the Cincinnati Bengals game at high noon? Your time. One. Oh, Eastern man. Because, why? So, yeah, are you ready I, for this? I, I'm ready. I, I welcome a noon game. After after the stretch of late afternoon and evening games, I welcome a noon game just to switch it up a little bit. See what happens with the rest of my day after that. No, this is a big one. Like, for both teams. It's not just the Chiefs, although, you know, obviously it would be nice if the Titans would go ahead and drop a game so that the Chiefs can go ahead and close this out and not have to play in Week 18. But the Bengals are coming in here off of a massive offensive performance, just an absolute massive performance, and they need to win as well. Stay on top of the AFC North, stay in the playoff race. So this is one of the more important games, it just overall, in the NFL this week. So it's kind of awesome that our team gets to play in this this late in the season. Now, before we get going, I, we gotta, you know, we're doing a little bit of a sidetrack here. We don't have Kent Swanson here with us today. He's doing family holiday stuff right now, so it's just Craig and I. I apologize, guys. I know I'm not as good of a host as him. You don't have to tell me in the comment section on YouTube. I get it. I'm trying. However, Craig, do the Titans win this weekend? They have the Miami Dolphins, a feisty Dolphins team, coming to town this week. And then, you know, if whatever happens this week, I'm sure we'll talk about it next week when we get to the lab. But they have the. Do- and the giant killers themselves, the Houston Texans, to round out the season. So what is the Titans' record the rest of the way? Oh, man. I If, if I hadn't seen this team 
target AJ Brown relentlessly and it completely revitalized their offense, I'd have a lot more faith in another team beating this Titans team. But frankly, that's what they needed. That's that's the spark that they needed to make that offense go. And so I think they're winning out. I think the Chiefs are probably going to have to win out to have the one seed, which makes this week's matchup ridiculously important. Do you think the Titans are dropping another game? I think the Dolphins are taking it to them. I got the Dolphins in this one. I, uh, I It's an interesting matchup, and I'm not going to pretend like I've done a ton of uh, film study on what the Miami Dolphins and the Tennessee Titans are doing right now. I've been focused on way too much Cincinnati Bengals watching. But uh, I think the Dolphins are playing well, and I believe in them to start the year. I think if the Dolphins want to make the playoffs, this is kind of a game that they have to win. I picked them as a playoff team to start the season. So I'm going to take I'm gonna take the uh, Dolphins. I think they've been playing well right now. I still – I don't trust Ryan Tannehill without Derrick Henry. I'm sorry. I've seen him play without Derrick Henry enough. I'm good. I'll pass. So I get it. They're going to go I one and it. one. I get it. I just – that A.J. Brown game. A.J. Brown's a hell of a player, though. Uh, he He's at least something there for him. All right. Let's get into the Bengals here. Um, let's start with the Chiefs offense since they, I guess, they've gone ahead and earned their trust back from us. We can go ahead and put them first in the game preview. No, we always do them first. We're going to start with the Chiefs offense, but we're going to take a slight look at the Cincinnati Bengals defense and what defensive coordinator Lou Anarumo does. Maddie, we've kind of both looked at this defense a little bit, and it's hard to pin down. Like, this team is varied. Like, this defense is kind of all over the map. Why don't you describe a little bit what you've seen and what we've read and all of that stuff? So the best way I can describe it is for only people that watch It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, the mailroom episode where Charlie is talking about where all the mail goes and he's frantic with his whiteboard and he's got his strings everywhere. That's the Bengals defense right now because he needs everything. I think I told Craig before this podcast, Steve Spagnuolo is a guy as a defensive coordinator, he'll throw the kitchen sink at you. He throws everything at you. But he's well aware which parts of this kitchen sink are going to hit you. He knows where they're going to land. So he's kind of zeroed it in on how to throw this thing, when to do it. The Bengals have no clue. They're just out there. They're running through everyone's house just throwing sinks at everything they possibly see. There's so much coming at you on a week-to-week basis, a a drive-by-drive basis, that it's really hard to, I think, pin them down. I mean, Craig, did you see any significant trends? Or was it just um, everything? I mean – it is everything. I, I would say that from a coverage perspective, I think I see the most cover three. I mean, as we were talking about, you know, he does come from kind of that Seattle Gus Bradley-ish kind of tree a little bit, just kind of ancillarily. But they still mix it up plenty. Like, there'll be games that they'll decide, we're going to go blitz heavy, and we're just going to send the house, you know, every other snap, and we're just going to put all this on tape. And then the next week, they won't blitz at all, or they won't ever go back to that blitz formula. Sometimes they'll go with these three safety looks in the back and then make them disappear for weeks on end. It's it's kind of interesting to watch all this happen. And so just as you're flipping through, you're watching game to game, and you're going, okay, wait a minute. Okay, so who's available? Are they adjusting based on the personnel, based on you know the opponent and things like that? And there's some of that. But there's not a true thread in there. It just kind of seems like there are wrinkles in there for wrinkles' sake, just to keep the offense on their toes. I don't know that it's a bad strategy. Or it's cer- certainly this year has been 
better defensive performances from this Bengals defense than they've seen under Anarumo in the past couple of years. I mean, this is a guy that was on the hot seat, almost fired by Zach Taylor last year. So maybe it is just kind of throwing everything at the wall, see what sticks. And that's kind of kept some offenses a little bit off balance. Now, the good offenses that they've seen haven't struggled with some of those things. So it will kind of, I don't know. It's going to be very interesting to watch what new wrinkle that is going to be introduced by this defense because there will be something, certainly. there. There's going to be something new that they're going to throw at Mahomes and Andy that they haven't seen before. And who knows? It might be a bunch of stuff. This might be the one where they unload the clip. They, they really might. It, this will be the game for it. Very important game. But that means that they got to execute all this stuff. And that's where some of their things fall apart a little bit. Right, Maddie? Oh, well, for sure. And like, just to touch on like the doing everything. So here's from Matt Bowen, Matt Bowen 41 on Twitter. He's part of the ESPN films crew um, guys that put that together. The Cincinnati Bengals run cover one 30.3% of the time. So one deep safety, maybe one uh, linebacker playing underneath in his own coverage and man coverage. They run cover two 17% of the time and they run cover three 26% of the time. All of those are between 13th and 17th in the league of those numbers. They are very much right in the middle on all three of those basic coverages. And that's just, that's what they are. They just run so many different things. It depends on week to week. They've talked about it. They try to add one new thing every single week that nobody's there, that the other team hasn't seen before. So early in the year, you got some three deep safety looks. Think back to the Super Bowl. With Tampa Bay later in the game, putting three deep safeties in there and then letting their corners still play some underneath coverage or man on Tyree Kill and then underneath everybody else. Later against the Chargers game, they played some a lot of Tampa too. And it's not an exotic coverage by any means, but it's not something you see a ton in the NFL anymore. And it's not something the Bengals have heavily relied on in any other game. But then the and not something that the Chargers were expecting them to run either. Like that's the other part of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they weren't. Now I will say this for that Chargers game. I think the Chargers were a weird team to throw Tampa two on. Yeah, uh, because they're not a team that I think eats you up in the middle of the field. They take a lot more outside shots, or they're using Keenan Allen underneath. So I, I thought it was a weird decision, and I think that might kind of go into what Craig's talking about. Good off, and the Chargers were one of these good offenses have had not that big of an issue putting points up on this Bengals team. They do a lot of stuff. They'll produce some turnovers, some dynamic plays, but they're not sound playing and play out because there's so much happening. Like you're going to get so many rotations from, you're going to get so many invert coverages. You're going to have corners. You're going to have nickel guys up on the line of scrimmage dropping the deep. You're going to have safeties rolling down. Like I said, you get Tampa two where you have a linebacker running the pole. You're going to have guys running up and down the field post-snap for this team, which it can cause a quarterback to hesitate for a second, but the smart quarterbacks, the good quarterbacks, they punish teams for that. It's really hard to read an offense when you're working backwards. I think we talked about it earlier this year. Like Steve Spagnuolo is great with all of his coverage adjustments, but it's it's a hard ask of anybody, but let alone somebody like Dan Sorensen to say, hey, line up in the slot and then retreat 20 yards while reading the play. Like that's a hard thing to do for anybody. The Bengals are doing it so much right now. So there is plenty of an opportunity to find and beat these guys up because they don't specialize in something, but man, you got to be ready. Like you got to just have your overall football knowledge is going to be tested in this game. If you're the chiefs offense, because there's, there's not a single thing that you are not going to see throughout this game. And it's that, that one special wrinkle they add, whether it's, linebackers playing awkwardly deep, like eight yards deep off the line of scrimmage for no reason. 
three safeties, Tampa two, they might come out and just run cover zero 20 times in this game. I doubt it. Mm -hmm. That would be crazy against the Chiefs. But like something like that wouldn't be out of the question for what this defense has done. Right. And I mean, like, it, it, for instance, we talk about Steve Spagnuolo. We talk about that, you know, that two robber coverage, that slot drop cover two, Tampa bus, whatever. I've called it about 43,000 different things at this point. But, you know, when you've got, you know, Tyron Matthew rotating into the high hole and you've got a slot defender dropping and you've got two deep safeties there. Steve Spagnolo only runs that in obvious passing situations. You know why? Because you're dropping guys out. Like you all of a sudden become very subject to underneath stuff. You become very subject to the run. You become, it becomes a lot easier to get some small yardage underneath. And so Spagnolo doesn't run that unless it's an obvious passing situation. And Rumo's defense, they'll run stuff. <laughs> on early downs that you're like well why why did you do that like i mean like it's it's a little bit head scratching at times situationally it doesn't always seem to fit and that's kind of why this defense looks inconsistent at times it can win and they've got a a, a group that the sum of its parts is you know it, it, it's good it's good i mean they they play really well together when they are healthy when they've got all their guys there but they also throw enough stuff out there that they're not always on the same page. They're not always able to execute the way that he wants them to. And the way that they try and make up for that is our second point here. The kind of all-out aggression that this team plays with. These guys fly downhill, whether it be the linebackers, whether it be the safeties, whether it be the corners. These guys are going to be aggressive and get downhill in a hurry. The, this Chiefs team, we've seen has done a lot of checking down, taken a lot of the short stuff lately. This is the type of team that is going to feast on that because they're going to be so aggressive getting downhill, Maddie. It's it's something to see. Like I I'm sure the players love it. Like Shadobia Woozy's had a lot of quotes about how he loves this defense throwing a bunch of stuff out there at them. They're, he's never played the defense like that. He's a cornerback for the Bengals in case you know, people are not aware who Shadobia Woozy is. <laughs> He's a cornerback for them. I think he played it with Dallas earlier mm -hmm. in his career. And so he's, you know, just talking about it. And like they're talking about the physicality and all the different stuff they do, but it's just such an aggressive defense. Jesse Bates, pour one out. Kent's not here, so I have to admit, have to pour one out for Jesse Bates because the Chiefs took Braylon Speaks over him. Excellent. There we go. Excellent deep safety. I've not seen him get beat as often as he has this year since maybe like his freshman year of college football because yeah. he's driving on everything and going to the earlier point because they run so many exotic kind of coverages he's getting matched up one-on-one -on -one with receivers and not just your third or fourth receiver that he knows he has in man no no he's getting matched up with mike williams keenan allen on vertical route stems one-on-one -on -one with zero help around them because of all the other rotations they're doing then he's driving on any dig route that crosses him von bell's doing the same thing they're playing cover two. These corners are attacking the flats, leaving the honey hole open behind. Like, there's going to be openings downfield. If you want a game, now I say this, and I'm putting a caveat that maybe the Bengals come out and say, hey, we're going to play prevent this entire week because we're the Bengals and we do weird stuff week by week. I don't know. But based on what they've done the majority of the year, this is a game where you can get your shot plays in, you can get your vertical shots in. If you throw, 
not even like just some eye candy across the middle of the field. You throw a deep dig, a deep over route, you're going to have multiple players on this defense trying to attack it. You throw that fake bubble that we saw last week, the drift stock play where Byron Pringle caught down the sideline on that little wide receiver bubble screen. They are 100% right there. Craig's point to it. They are 100% going to have multiple guys attacking that fake bubble. Like it's going to be all over the place. So play action, throw this misdirection, put eye candy over the middle of the field with another receiver coming behind it. I think the Bengals are very susceptible to big plays. I and I know the play that that Maddie's even talking about in the Chargers game where you got to see I, and it may have been Keenan Allen I I can't remember it might have been Guyton that ran that late in breaking route right in front of a single high safety and Mike Williams is one on one going vertical against a cornerback and he's already beaten the cornerback and it didn't matter it Jesse Bates aggressively attacked that in-breaking route in the middle of the field. That just allowed Justin Herbert to loft one up to his giant, fast receiver, you know, along the boundary. There are going to be opportunities. It's not like the Chargers, the Chargers are a little bit more horizontal. So are the Chiefs this year. But Justin Herbert has that arm. They still test vertically plenty, and it didn't matter. You know, the, the Bengals are still trying to drive on that stuff. And that is something that is a little bit consistent from week to week that we do see that aggression, especially in the middle of the field, especially underneath in the flats. Logan Wilson, if he plays in this game, will fly to the flats to try and beat Daryl Williams, Derek Gore out there. Like it's going to happen. And he is fast enough and he is quick enough in his diagnosis that that's going to happen. And so some of this stuff that we've seen be the Chiefs' bread and butter, moving the ball on early downs, picking up some chunk plays when teams have kind of put everything up over uh, you know over the top of this, it's still going to be a little bit rough. If the if the Bengals come out and they play some too high stuff to try and keep a lid on it, you're still going to have some guys underneath that are very good at flying downhill and making open field tackles. So I I think that it's either going to be like Maddie said, some of those deep vertical shots, that aggressive stuff over the top, or you've got to really rely on the intermediate stuff. Because I think that the, if, if they play that shell over the top, that's where it's going to be open is in the intermediates with everybody flying downhill. And if they don't play that shell over the top, well, Tyreek Hill might have a big day. So uh, so we'll, we'll see on that one. But the aggression is going to be consistent. And that's going to be something that I really am interested to see the Chiefs handle this week. I'm sorry if Tyreek Hill is going to be your player to watch. Um, I hope nope. it was not offensively, Craig. But nope. my prediction for Tyreek Hill, he's not going to be my player to watch either. I think he's going to catch a deep one early. I think that he's going to catch one of these corners, one of these safeties, creeping, being a little too flat-footed. They're going to get a shot play to Tyreek Hill within the first half of this game, and it's going to back off the Bengals secondary the rest of the time. I think the Chiefs are going to find a lot of success throwing corners, deep out routes, deep comebacks. I think you're going to see a lot of plays where they're able to get overneath the underneath defenders because they're driving so hard and everything underneath and attacking that intermediate area, you know, behind the corner before the safety. All right. Let's talk about our final point here. And that is protecting Patrick Mahomes. Um, the, the Bengals have a decent defensive line. Trey Hendrickson has been, Really good this year, coming over from the Saints. Really good this year. Like I, I think Maddie, we had a lot of conversations about this man because he is very spagsy. And are the Chiefs going to pursue this kind of guy? And what kind of money are they going to give him? 
he's been outstanding for the Bengals this year. He really has been good for the Bengals. They've got Larry Ojajubi underneath there in the middle. He is a very good pass rusher as well. And a guy that I liked, and I think that Maddie liked as well, uh, Sam Hubbard on the outside opposite of Hendrickson, also has been pretty effective. They've got a good pass rush up front. So even if they don't blitz, there's going to be sometimes that this group can get home. And I feel like we see it every week. I mean, it really is. This has been a, a week that we have talked about protecting him and not just from the standpoint of, oh man, you know, they really got to do a better job of it. They're doing a good job of it every week. And yet every single week they're seeing another good rush. I mean, it just makes me very thankful that they fixed the offensive line with the murderers road defensive lines they fixed this year. But Maddie, what are your thoughts on this, uh, on this Bengals pass rush? This pass rush, it's like third in the NFL in pressures this year, mm-hmm. which blows my mind. Because okay, Trey Hendrickson is really, really good. And like I'm gonna eat crow on this one because when he was a free agent, I thought he was a very much a product of the New Orleans Saints. I thought that there was a lot of guys on that defensive line that were so physically imposing that he got a lot of one-on-one opportunities and he did a great job taking advantage of them. He's the guy for the Cincinnati Bengals defensive line. There's no there's no questions about it. He's not playing behind Cam Jordan, Marcus Davenport, all these other dudes. He's the guy, and he's still winning. He's making he's giving Trent Brown, uh, not Trent Brown, sorry, uh, Trent Williams a run for his money. The best offensive tackle in football. He's making him work. He beat him, and then he's making him work. He made Rashawn Slater look like a rookie. He's the only guy all year that has made Rashawn Slater look like a rookie. He's really good. And he somehow does it with like 32-inch arms. I don't I don't understand. That arm length doesn't matter apparently. But he's a very good pass rusher. Then Larry Ogunjobi is good on the interior. DJ Reader also for a nose tackle has got a little bit of juice. Sam Hubbard's going to bring the, the energy. This, this four-man pass rush is good. I still don't think it's great. I don't think there's a Joey Bosa dominating level player. There's not a Miles Garrett. Like I get it. Trey Hendrickson might be on pace with his numbers. I just see him a little bit more Max Crosby-ish from the aspect that I don't think he takes over and dominates a game single-handedly. It's more plays here and there rather than a whole game. I don't think the Chiefs will have to adjust for him. My slight concern, the Bengals don't blitz a ton, but when they do, they're incredibly effective at it. And maybe it's because they don't do it often, so they only do it in the right spots, but that's still good coaching. That's still good execution. And for the most part, it's their safeties that are blitzing. It's Jesse Bates. It's Vaughn Bell. It's defensive backs that are coming on these pressures that are getting home. They're getting home frequently when they do bring it. So if you can handle the four-man pass rush, they're not going to sit back and give you time to pick them apart. They're going to adjust and send these pressures. Patrick Mahomes is great versus the blitz. He always has been. I think you have seen teams, though, as this year's gone on, try to sneak more and more blitzes in them. They're not willing to let him sit back there and just make things happen. Teams are trying to pressure him. So that seemed to be an interesting thing to watch in this game. Did the Bengals try? Because it didn't work for the Chargers. It didn't work for the Steelers. It did. It kind of worked for the Broncos, but not a ton. But like, you know, where, where are the Bengals going to go with it? Please bring the blitzes. It's just, it's going to be interesting to watch when you, if you can't handle Trey Hendrickson one-on-one, I guess is the big issue here. And then this also brings up my other point that, you know, we don't have it as listed here, but I know both you and I look at this, this linebacker room. And part of the reason why they're able to blitz their safeties in the way that they are is because you've got a guy like Logan Wilson. That is an excellent coverage linebacker, very smart guy, very, very route savvy. That was one of the things that we liked about him when he was coming out in the draft. And one of the things that the Kansas city chiefs liked about him, you know, he's rumored, you know, as, as one of the chiefs targets as well. 
he reads some of those hot routes really well. That's where you see some of his effectiveness is he's able to jump some of that stuff, kind of lurk in the middle of the field and take advantage of it. Another guy, Jermaine Pratt, a good blitzer and a guy that's very long, makes it very hard. He shuts down some throwing lanes just with his length alone. So those guys help cover up when quarterbacks are trying to get the ball out quick. You know, with some of these hot routes, some of the stuff in the middle of the field, they can take away some of that stuff. Currently, Jermaine Pratt put today on the COVID list, which would mean if he does not have two negative tests, he will be up from the COVID list next Monday after this game. So he's got to get two negatives before the game. Logan Wilson did practice in full this week, but has missed the last three games with a shoulder injury. So he was rumored to be doubtful by Zach Taylor. Zach Taylor actually said that on Monday. And then in the last 48 hours, I guess he's really improved in a way that they felt comfortable with. So he's worth monitoring. If they don't have either one of those guys, I can't see why they would blitz at that point. Like that's going to be tough because you're going to be putting those linebackers on an island. You're going to be, you're going to be mixing those guys around. It's going to get brutal if they don't have either one of those guys in the middle of the field. They don't even have those those guys backups. Joe Bocci on the IR, Akeem Davis Gaither mm-hmm. on the IR, Jordan Evans on the IR. Like if they can't, if Logan Wilson can't play, you're gonna get almost a hundred percent of the snaps from uh, Marcus Bailey, who I believe is a second year rookie, or Correct. is he a, or is a second year second player year. drafted in the seventh round, or Clay Johnston, who was an undrafted free agent, uh, a Keandre Jones, like. Next to Marcus Bailey is going to be guys that I've barely even recognized their name just from looking at college players. They don't have anybody. And we talked about it. The Bengals like to do a lot of stuff. You know how hard it is to do a lot of rotations, a lot of invert stuff. If you don't have a linebacker, one, that can't run, well, you like Jermaine Pratt or Logan Wilson, which there's not a lot of guys. Marcus Bailey can't run like those two guys anyway, like on his own. But like you don't have a guy that can't run, but little guys that might not know the defense that well because they're later additions. They haven't been around as long. Like that's a that's going to be an interesting thing to watch. If Logan Wilson doesn't play, or even if he does, knocking off some rust, the middle of that field is very exposed to this Chiefs' passing attack. And I mean, I think we all know that's where the Chiefs want to throw the ball. The Chiefs don't care to throw the ball outside; they want to throw it over the middle of the field. So those linebackers—that's the position to watch. That's the injury list to watch going forward. Yep. All right, let's get into players to watch. Uh, My guy this week is going to be Byron Pringle. Uh, The Chiefs have used him as a power slot. Maddie has talked a lot about that, and Kent and him have both kind of gone on about that in the offense as of late here. And Byron Pringle is the type of guy that can make this defense pay for their aggression. He's a big guy. He likes to block. He's going to get out there, and he's going to mix it up. You might see some more drift stock with him in the slot here, faking a block and then getting and releasing vertically. He's got the vertical speed to expose deep, but yet he's got the physicality to play through some of this aggression. And we saw him coming off of one of his best games of his career last week. Really terrific game working with Patrick Mahomes there. There is no reason why he shouldn't get the bulk of the snaps again. He is the one guy that's kind of proven at least consistently enough that he can be a part of the offense and be counted on. Him and Mahomes have that rapport. I could just see some stuff breaking open. I can see some stuff really kind of mixing up as Patrick Mahomes gets on the run, as he buys some more time. If this defense is playing that aggressive, all of a sudden there are going to be holes that are opening up and 
Byron Pringle's the type of guy to play through that and be able to get vertical enough. I'm really looking forward to him having a big game this week. Matty, who you got? It's been a long time since a single pass rusher has really derailed the Chiefs' plans. Joey Bosa, again, from the Chargers, was great, but I don't think that you can say, especially watching the fourth quarter, you can't say that he derailed the Chiefs' game plan. (laughs) The Chiefs can't let Trey Hendrickson do that in this game. So my player to watch is going to be Orlando Brown. And it's interesting because you would assume that Trey Hendrickson would just for Andrew Wiley or Lucas Niang if he's playing back over there at right tackle, which is a possibility right now. That's Mm -hmm. very possible. Um, Trey Hendrickson's gone up against Trent Williams. He's gone up against Rashawn Slater. They have no problems putting him over the best offensive tackle. They do it quite frequently, actually, because I think they would. Re- they just trust him to win in those situations. Orlando Brown needs to at least force him, them to move him back across, if not just handle him one-on-one on that side. It's been a while since Brown's had a really bad game. I think you can pinpoint specific rushes, especially for smaller more flexible guys like Trey Hendrickson that can bend the corner against them that force Patrick Mahomes to step up, but he's not getting beat so quick that the pressure is derailing the play. Yeah, there was the hit that resulted in like the fumble inter- or fumble reception by Joe Tooney. There's the Joey Bosa that was off the other side, the Joey Bosa interception fumble thing too, but there's been a couple plays, but it hasn't been over and over and over again. Orlando Brown needs a good game this week, especially if Trey Hendrickson's going to line up over him. If they can neutralize him, with just Orlando Brown, at least force him to move side so he's not getting pressure off both edges. That would go a long way in allowing the Chiefs to attack vertically, to get these shot plays, to take advantage of some of this aggression. Whereas if this pass rush is hitting home, it's going to be really hard if you got to get the ball out in 2.3 seconds every time to really move the ball down the field the way this defense can play. The Ben Roethlisberger offense from last week. Okay. Yikes. No, we nobody, will never do that. Nobody wants that. Nobody the wants The Bengals want that. The Bengals, the Bengals do want that. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you make decisions for your company, you always look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing and shipping to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your process to make your business more efficient which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, books, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart if you sell online, schedule package pickups through the dashboard, and automatically see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers, with rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are, even on the go. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other business decision makers with Stamps.com. 
Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Great. <laughs> My goodness. All right. Let's switch over to the defensive side of the football. The best Good side. side of the football. I, I, I mean, we can say all that now because Kent's not here to argue with it. But, you know, he would agree. I think we he would agree. My heart's let's talk. Let's talk a little bit. And I'm going to lean on Maddie on this because he's put in a lot of work on this side of the ball here. This man has really kind of taken a look at this. I'm going to say this, and it's going to sound like an insult, but it's not. <laughs> Cincinnati runs a very college offense here. Now, that's not to say that they're bad or they're gimmicky or anything like that. Maddie, explain what you mean when you say that. So every every couple games a year, and usually with the couple to start the year, maybe the first big game, then I kind of hang out until we get to a big game. I like to do a really big deep dive on an upcoming team. I did it for the Chargers to start early with Brandon Staley's defense because this game intrigues me. This game intrigued me. So I wanted to see what kind of the Bengals offense was doing to be so good. And the first thing that came to my mind after like two games, this offense is a college offense and not in a bad way, but it's a college offense. So what I mean by that is everything's predicated about space, but not creating space through route combinations and where guys are moving just by where they're lining up. So if you pay attention to a lot of what the Bengals do, they line up guys very wide from one another. They don't do a lot of bunch formations. They don't condense things down. They get guys as far away from one another as they can in terms of their receivers, their running backs, and they're just trying to attack space. They're going to say, hey, my three receivers plus my running back, my tight end, whoever, are better than the guys you have covering them. So they're going to win one-on-one if we provide them enough space to do it. So you're going to get Jamar Chase isolated on the backside of a play. And if you give them one-on-one looks over there, they're going to take that throw every time, whether it's a vertical, whether they have him run an out route, and and whatever it's going to be, they're just going to say, hey, Jamar Chase, win here every single time, and they're going to try it. On the other side, they're going to have you know T. Higgins lined up out wide, Taj Boyd in the slot, but they're not going to be close to each other. They're going to be spread out, giving them both enough room to work because they anticipate their guys winning. They think Joe Burrow, and he is. This None of these is wrong. None of this is wrong. They're going to say, hey, Joe Burrow, you're smart enough to read this defense. You're going to figure out who's got the best mismatch, who's got the best leverage, and who's going to win here. So go make that play. And he has more often than he has. It's so like this offense just resembles a college offense. Watch their run game. So many runs are directed to the field side of the formation outside. They're just trying to run everything to space. Routes, runs, burrow when he scrambles. It's everything is predicated on the space that they align in pre-snap. There's not a ton of convoluted stuff. They're not getting condensed. They're not running a ton of concepts to create open players. They're just challenging you to win one-on-one like you would in college because you, if you're a big program, you're saying, hey, I'm LSU. I have Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, uh, Terrence Marshall, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, and Randy Moss's kid at tight end. You can't cover us unless you're Bama. And even Bama couldn't cover him that year. That's what the Cincinnati Bengals are doing right now. Yeah, it's the it's the we got dudes offense. That's what it is. It, it's it's the we we are better than you. And these weapons are really good. My goodness. Like really good. Like you who remembers when the sky was falling about Jamar Chase like four months ago and how oh man he can't see the whites on the ball and anymore so he's a terrible wide receiver and all that he still drops the ball 
It, yeah, sure. But <laughs> I mean, the man, the man's been outstanding. I mean, T Higgins has been incredible. Tyler Boyd has always been a good slot. One of those criminally underrated receivers. CJ Uzuma is a really good underneath option. He has been for several years. I remember covering this defense a couple years ago and or this offense a couple years ago and watching Uzuma and being like, yo, that guy gets open. Like he I'm gets pretty sure he caught a touchdown against the Chiefs in that game. He actually. did. I think he you did. even mentioned him. It was even the same time. concept that I pointed out pre pregame. I was just like, man, they run this concept with him a lot because he's open all the time. And it sure enough, he gets open with it. They're they're really good. And oh yeah, they got Joe Mixon, who's a, a ridiculously good running back, too. Like weapon wise. They have some of the best group of guys in the league. And yeah, like Maddie was saying, they don't try and scheme them open. They just go, we're going to line up. We're going to run these route concepts that feature or suit what these guys do best. And we're going to trust our ultra smart quarterback to find out where to go. And he does. And so that's going to be tough for the Chiefs. Like The Chiefs are, are one of those teams that is predicated on figuring out the route concept, figuring out what's happening, taking it away, forcing a quarterback to gum off that first read, forcing them deep into their throw, getting home with pressure, you know, sort of confusing what happens here. And that's not necessarily the way that the Bengals play. It's not one of those things where it's like, Oh no, you know, that, that round concept was designed to get that one guy open. No, it's, Joe Burrow is going to have somebody that he's going to throw it to, period. He just is. And so he's going to try and maximize that at all at all costs. I mean, I know it sounds it's it's easy. It's football. That, like that's what it is, but it just is a lot more and again, I it sounds worse than it is, but simple than maybe some of the ways that guys like Sean McVay try and design stuff up and try and layer stuff into their offense. They just go out and say, "We're going to beat you up." Yeah, that's what it is. And like you said, it, it comes across as a negative. And like on one hand, yeah, there's a little bit of a negative connotation to it because if you, this is the reason that Bengals offense that has not put up the best numbers you've ever seen. When it's you inconsistent. Just say, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When you say my guys are better than yours and they're going to win rep in and rep out, well, guess what? And if they're not having their best day, if the defender across from you is having their best day, you can lose. And when you have nothing else to offer with that, it creates a ton of inconsistencies. Like that's how come this team can barely put up, you know, 50, can put up 15 points against the Broncos, but then put up 40 some points against another team. It's just because there, it's so hard to say every single play, I'm going to be better than you and not manufacture easy stuff. Sometimes it looks easy what they're doing, but they're not manufacturing anything. We as Chiefs fans, especially me, get a little too upset when the Chiefs try to get too cute and manufacture free yards, but you do need that sprinkled in throughout your offense. It can't always just be, I'm better than you, so let's do this. That's what the Bengals are doing right now. Now, I will say, because I don't think we have this anywhere else in the rundown, so I think we do need to put it in here. One area where the Bengals will certainly, certainly, certainly not be better than the Chiefs is in the trenches (laughs) on this side of the ball. The uh, Bengals offensive line is really, really bad. We probably should have done a whole segment on it, but I think we're just going to stuff it in here right now. Pick a person. I know a lot of people are bringing up Chris Jones already because Brandon Thorne tweeted it out at the beginning of this week. I think Craig said it as soon as the week started. And he's right. Brandon Thorne is right. (laughs) Like This Bengals offensive line is bad. So you can just put every Chiefs defensive lineman's name in a hat, pull one out, and say they're going to have a big week, and you're probably going to be right because this Bengals offensive line is really, 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 really bad. 
the yeah. Chiefs it, can win with a four-man pass rush. I mean, yeah. They can. It, it, the right tackles Isaiah Prince. They got Hakeem Adeniji, a guy that we liked but has not lived up to maybe Rock some shot. of the pre-death hype. I mean, yeah. Trey Hopkins at center, Quentin Spain at left guard, and Jonah Williams at left tackle. Jonah Williams is the guy that's probably the best of them. Hakeem Adeniji has just gotten absolutely torched as of late. And Quentin Spain has not been much better. Those tackles are not great. Like it, It's just really been a struggle and it's part of the reason why like they're 19th in dvoa right now offensive dvoa 19th like you look at that game last week 525 passing they lit up the ravens not just last week but the previous time that they played them just absolutely annihilated a wink martinville defense that was missed some guys but still just lit them up and they're still 19th in DVOA. It's that inconsistency. It's the fact that their offensive line can't block. So if you can get quick pressure on Joe Burrow, who's very good at escaping it, don't get me wrong, he really is. But if you can get quick pressure on a guy like that, you can really force that offense to turtle because he does have to see guys come open. He does have to trust that this guy is beating their guy. He is reading everything. And because it is such a you beat me in this man-on-man, this one-on-one matchup that we're putting on the field. you got to take just a half beat longer to make sure and ID that that guy actually is. You know, it's not it's not just as simple as, hey, I'm throwing that. Hey, we're going there, and they just go with it. It is one of those things where they've got to they've kind of see some of that happening. So he's going to hold it certainly a lot longer than Ben Roethlisberger did against this Chiefs defense last week. And the Chiefs still got plenty of pressure on the interior. That was a better offensive line. Believe it or not, that was not a good offensive line either. This is this is a worse one. So I, this will probably be the downfall of this offense when they do get beat out of the playoffs, if they do. It, it would be probably because the offensive line just allowed Joe Burrow to get hit so much. Chiefs defenders have to be licking their lips at this matchup right now. All right, Matty. Let's talk about some of these wide receiver split indicators. You talked about how these wide receivers are kind of spacing out, having so much of this space. What have you kind of seen based on some of the splits that they had, maybe some of the tendencies that you've you've identified just in, in your watching? Yeah, and this goes back to the college offense. We have dudes offense. When the Bengals are going to align, especially their outside receivers, but their receivers are split wide. When they're taking up the entire field, they are either going to be running vertical routes or in-breaking routes. And yes, that sounds obvious. It makes a lot of sense. But when you think about football, how many times do you see a guy on the outside run a comeback? You see him try to squeak in and out a back shoulder throw, whatever it may be. There's a lot of different stuff that goes on there. You get switch releases, and then you have guys that are running like bench routes where they cut inside, then come back outside, or a sail route, I think is a more common name for anyone that played Madden. You get stuff like that. Not the Bengals. If they're going to line wide, they're going to run either a dig, a slant, or just a go route. But if they go condensed, which isn't often, but if they get their guys in an inside split, they're probably going to run an out route. They're probably going to be breaking outside. They're going to run a deep out. They're going to run a corner. They're going to run a speed out. It's going to be something out breaking. And like, this is very obvious if you look at a football field, there's only so much space. So yes, mm -hmm. if a guy is lined up inside, he's most likely going to break out. But that's not true for every team in the NFL. You look at the Chiefs. You slap them in a condensed set. Yeah, they might run a corner out, 
they're just as likely to run a shallow drag, just as likely to run a post or a deep over out of it. Like they're just as likely to run in or out. A team like the Bengals, they're not doing that. They're giving you strong indicators pre-snap just based on alignment on what routes you're most likely to see, what leverage the receivers are probably trying to get. Now, they do just a good enough job that you can't sell out based on alignment. Just because they're lined up out wide, you can't sit there and play a hard outside leverage and just force everything inside. They do just enough slant out of that that it's going to go for a big play. If they're condensed, you can't just sell out on the outside part because they're doing just enough running speed outs from there that you have to pay attention to it. But as just a strong indicator, you can kind of live by it. Their splits make up a lot of what they're going to do much like a college offense is going to do. They're not going to ask a guy to run an out route when he's going to be lined up outside the numbers. That's just not something the Bengals try to do. They're going to play with space and for a defense can really take advantage of that. I think the 49ers defense, when they played them earlier this year, they kind of played into that a little bit. They saw where these splits were going to be and they made some of those throws a lot more contested than you would normally see because they just kind of had a pretty good idea of what was going to come at them. Yeah, and that makes. I mean, the Chiefs have smart cornerbacks. They got an, one of the smartest safeties in the game in the middle of the field. There's going to be some of that stuff that will tip off this defense. And like I said earlier, you know, this defense is predicated upon identifying concepts, attacking those concepts, things like that. These are some of the areas where they can do some of that. And so, where you know maybe some of these matchups may favor. You know, the, the Bengals receivers, you know, Jamar Chase, you know, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, where it may favor those types of guys because of those concepts and because of the way that they can win on those routes. It also might be a little bit easier for a guy like Charvarius Ward or a guy like Rashad Fenton or Mike Hughes to be able to sense it's like, okay, I'm going to meter this route a little bit. I'm going to, you know, kind of open my hips a little bit, fully expecting that it is going to end break. And, you know, as soon as you kind of see the the tempo of the route start to change, like the receiver might be breaking in, you can drive on that more often than not because it's not necessarily going to be double moves. It's not going to be pivot routes. It's not going to be some of this stuff that we've seen out of AFC West opponents. I, I mean, like these receivers that are excellent at beating, uh, you know, all these cornerbacks by getting in their blind spots, by really, you know, hurting them with their releases and everything like that. It's not going to be the same sort of beat. And that's kind of why you've seen some of their bigger numbers on the season come against backup cornerbacks and maybe secondaries are, that are a little bit weaker, that don't maybe have that presence on the back end, like a Tyron Matthew. At, Nobody has one. He's one of one. Like a Tyron Matthew that's back there that can kind of identify some of that stuff, call it out, or Legereus Need reading out. It's like, listen, this is going to happen. I know this is going to happen. Charvarius Ward has been in this league long enough. He feels some of that stuff a lot better than he did when he first came into this league. So a lot of that stuff might be a little bit easier. Not to say that you know the, the Bengals wide receivers aren't still going to get theirs, but it might be a little bit easier for the Chiefs cornerbacks to defend some of that stuff just based on alignment there. So the one split thing that I'm going to say is going to be very highly, highly, <laughs> highly predictive. Jamar Chase isolated on the backside of three by one, or if, even if it's two by two, but he's on the same side as the tight end that's in line. If he's got a reduced split, if there's any space between him and the numbers, he is running a fade route. He is going to run a fade if he is by himself isolated. The only wide receiver split off the line of scrimmage away from the offensive line 
and he's inside the numbers, he is going to run a fade because they are going to use all of that space to the sideline, all of that space over the top. If that happens, you better have a corner that is either going to be ready for it or a safety looking over the top. If it's one-on-one, they're throwing it every single time too. So that's the one I will say. Jamar Chase, reduced split, isolated. That ball is most likely going his way on some kind of vertical route. And they love to run the fade route out of there because that gives them a lot of space to the sideline. And he's a dude. Like that's it. We keep coming back to it. But he is a dude. And when you have a dude in your corner like that, you profit. Just like Kansas City has a dude in their corner at a liquor store business now in a McAdoodles coming to Kansas City, coming to Lee Summit, Missouri in summer of 2022. You guys are going to be so happy that you have one of those. You've got your dude of a liquor store. You can go and know that you can go to that, that one-on-one situation. Talk with their customer service. It's excellent. Get the recommendation for something that you want. Take it home and not regret it at all. Just like Joe Burrow doesn't regret throwing Jamar Chase on those fade routes. You're not going to regret it when you go to a McAdoodles next summer in Kansas City. But the thing that you might regret is the fact that you don't have one closer to your house. So if you were a franchisee, you need to get one a little bit closer to where you live. Get a hold of Roger. Info at macadoodles.com. Get one all over Kansas City. Let's, let, let's spread out. And let's get one in wherever you may be. Like Get one to your area, your neck of the woods, so that you can profit and have your dude of a liquor store. All right. Final point here, Maddie. I mean, it's as simple as this. Slick back hair, white bathing suit, sloppy steaks, white couch. We got to slop them up here. We got to slop them up this week. And when I say that, I mean, these cornerbacks, it's time to play physical on the outside against these receivers. It's definitely time to slop them up. Um, Think back to the early 2000s Indianapolis Colts teams. And I'm not trying to compare this Bengals team to those teams at all. But think about how the Pittsburgh Steelers, especially, or the New England Patriots played those early Peyton Manning teams with Marvin Harrison, Brandon Stokely, Reggie Wayne, all those guys. They made it look ugly. They beat up those receivers at the line of scrimmage. Think of the Seattle Seahawks during the Legion of Boom, where they just dared corner referees to throw 33 flags in the game. This is a game where the Chiefs need to do that. Not should, not that it would be helpful. They need to do that. I think this is a terrible matchup for the Chiefs' corners. And we've said this throughout the year, and quite frankly, the Chiefs have been pretty good at it. But Mm -hmm. teams that are willing to attack corners, the Chiefs' corners one-on-one with the receivers, have found success in the past. Now, this year, the Chiefs have been a lot better. Charvarius Ward has gotten a lot better with his ball skills down the field. You see Mike Hughes, Rashad Finn, all these guys have made plays vertically, but I still don't think that's a strong. These Chiefs still don't have a lockdown corner. I don't even know if they have a ball hawk at corner. I mean, LeJarius Sneed has had a lot of ball production in his career through college and the NFL, but not a ton, and especially playing in the slot, it's hard to say. So this isn't a great matchup. These Bengals, this Bengals team will challenge these guys on the outside, but if you make this game sloppy, if you get your hands on these receivers, if you throw them off just a little bit, that gets Joe Burrow off his first read. If a receiver is not where Joe Burrow thinks he's going to be at the time he needs to be there, that takes Burrow off his first read or makes him hold the ball a little bit longer, and that's where the Chiefs can find have success. That goes back to the pass rush getting home because Burrow moves off his first read. That goes back to just everything else that we've been talking about. These splits giving indicators allows you to win them 
if they get off the first read. So the whole point of making this game sloppy is just to get Joe Burrow away from saying, hey, my pre-snap look says Jamar Chase is going to be open on the slot fade. I'm going to throw that because that's going to keep reaping success. Even if you blitz, like we Craig talked about against the Ravens, they ran cover zero a billion times, even though they have nobody they can cover. He threw for over 500 yards because he kept getting the ball to his first read. The Chiefs need to make sure that the first read isn't open, whether that's rotating coverages around because it looks sloppy on the chalkboard or by being physical at the line of scrimmage and it looks sloppy to a referee or a fan watching the game. Make it ugly, and that's going to help the Chiefs go a long way. Joe Burrow is excellent at diagnosing and going where he needs to go. He's excellent at extending plays. He's excellent. He's frankly, he's been everything that he was billed to be last year and that everybody dunked on him all last year about, and then now he just comes back and he's just really good at all this stuff. He's really good at all of that stuff. And the way that you take that away from him is by throwing off his timing, by forcing him to have to get to read three, read four. He's still going to be able to hit those. Don't get me wrong. He's still going to get through all of those reads and be able to diagnose the defense the way that it needs to be, but he's also going to hold the ball. Like It's going to take a while for him to get through some of that stuff and get to where he needs to get. And by doing that, by, by disrupting Jamar Chase, a guy that... Maybe exposes his chest a little more than he probably should for a guy that went top five, but uh, a guy that you know you can press a little bit. Yeah, you know, T. Higgins, a guy that you can play physical with. It, these are the types of guys that you can rough up a little bit, and maybe it doesn't draw the flag. Maybe it doesn't go you know in a way that, that a whole bunch of defensive penalties head your way. It's kind of what the Chiefs tried to do to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers last year in the Super Bowl, and they got a refing crew that decided they were going to call all of them. And that stinks. But I don't hate that similar game plan. And knowing that you're going to be able to knock that offense completely off of what it was, you know, throw them into next week, and knowing that Chris Jones, Frank Clark, Melvin Ingram, Turk Wharton, Jaron Reed, I can go down the everybody. <laughs> knowing that those guys are going to win their matchups up front, are going to get home. Like this game could get out of hand quickly if they're allowed to play physical, if they're allowed to play aggressive at the line of scrimmage. Tony Romo highlighted it last week, and we we've talked about it some too. Steve Spagnolo has played so much more physical even this year than he has in years past. And it's awesome because it, it's really worked. And these guys have done a good job of carrying vertically, way better then their athletic and physical profiles may indicate that they can do carrying vertically. Charverius Ward is a prime example of that. Tony Romo talked about it the play before he came over the top and picked off that ball this week. So that's, uh, you know, that's awesome that that, that, that happened. But I do Chiefs think... Chiefs are hands down the more physical team. And that's oh, not something easily. you could say very often uh, under Andy Reid. Like that's just not, <laughs> that's not what Andy Reid teams usually are. And Correct. it's not – this team is definitely more physical on its own. Like, I would say this team's very close to league average, maybe even hedging above league average in physicality. But the Bengals on the offensive side of the ball are not at all. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, the Chiefs have a major physical advantage. You have to lean into it. To stop the dude's offense, you lean into being more physical than they're going to be and make them deal with that. I mean, we saw that stop some of the – Marvin Harrison, Reggie Wayne, and Peyton Manning got stopped by that numerous yeah. times. I'm not ready to call Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, and T. Higgins better than those players, any of those players at this point in time. So, yeah, I think you can lean on that a little bit.
Yeah, you definitely can. All right, players to watch on the defensive side of the ball. I'm going with Charvarius Ward. We've been talking about him the past couple of points here. It it makes sense. Charvarius Ward is one of the players that can dictate the way that this game goes and could do it in a hurry. He may see a lot of targets. We do see this offense kind of lock into some of those guys and say, listen, I believe my guy can go up and win that 50-50 ball. We have seen Charvarius Ward be significantly better at winning the 50-50 ball in 2021, particularly over the past several weeks. He is going up, he is winning those things, and he is making quarterbacks not attack him anymore. If if Joe Burrow throws at him a couple of times with bad results, guess what? He's not going to throw at him anymore, especially if he's allowed to play physical. Like That's going to throw him off of there. They're going to adjust their game plan and try and attack somebody else. If you can take away a member of their offense that way, if you can take away a side of the field in that way, who knows? He might follow around a receiver like he has several times this year. He did last week against Chase Claypool when he was on the outside. He followed him around. It works. So I do want to see Charvarius Ward have yet another good game. He's making himself so much money right now. This is just yet another opportunity to shut down a good receiver make a lot more money next offseason. Joe Burrow usually doesn't get got. You don't throw a trap coverage or something out there that gets him a ton. If there's a team that can do it, it's the Chiefs and Tyron Matthew. But that's not where I'm going to go. I'm going to go with Juan Thornhill, the other safety, because I think Burrow will challenge you into vertical elements. He will take these contested-ish spots. He doesn't have the strongest arm, but he's not afraid to try to fit a ball in somewhere where his arm can barely do it. You know how you change that? A guy that has great range on the back end. You try to throw one of those honey hole shots against a guy like Juan Thornhill who has that speed and that range over the top, it can be a disaster. You try to fit a seam route in or something like that around Juan Thornhill, that could be a problem. So I don't know if the Chiefs will necessarily trick Joe Burrow into throwing a bad play that's going to be picked off on a safety cutting underneath the route, but I think you could easily catch him trying to fit an ill-placed ball or you know ill-vised decision throwing the ball up into a spot that his arm can't cash the check on. I think Juan Thornhill might be the guy to cash that one in this week. And Juan Thornhill almost had one against Chase Claypool. I just did, wasn't quite as aggressive getting <laughs> to that spot at the catch point. He may just be searching for one this week. So yeah, that's, that's a good call. All right. Prediction time. I'm going to go with this one. Um, I, I think that there's going to be points. I really do. I do think that this Bengals offense is good enough to score points. I think that they've got enough pieces to take advantage of some of the aspects of the Chiefs defense. And I think that this is probably the first good offense that the Chiefs have really seen in a while. The Chargers offense was good. They just ran the ball a lot. That wasn't the Chargers offense I think we expected to see. I think that we're going to see a little more open offense here. And I think we're going to see the char- the the Bengals put some points on the board. That being said, I look at the the offensive matchup for the Chiefs, and I just really like what what Patrick Mahomes can do here. I think there's some explosive plays to be had, and I think if you're going to hit some of those explosive plays, they're probably going to be to Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey. I think you're going to see points, more points on the board for the Chiefs offense. I got the Chiefs winning this one. 34-24. We've given you guys almost 60 minutes you know, of offense, defense stuff here, so I'm not going to prolong it too awful much. 
I'm just going to say this. I think this is a big test for the Chiefs because it's challenging their defense in a way that hasn't been challenged during this win streak. I think it's going to be a tough, not a tough ask, but a good way to gauge the offense if they can keep putting this stuff together. I do have the Chiefs winning this one 31 to 27, a little bit closer, but still points going on the board because simply I think both of these offenses are better than their defensive counterparts. So it should be a fun game to watch, and hopefully the Chiefs can pull it off. Hopefully the defense surprises both of us and they come out Mm -hmm. and play great. But I think either way, the Chiefs end up pulling this one out. Boy, I listen, I, I'm saying that with some confidence that I think that this Bengals offense can score 24 points. I could also see Chris Jones eating Joe Burrow's lunch, and that offense just doesn't do anything until the fourth quarter. Like, Highly I could. Possible. Highly, Highly possible. Highly possible. Like, like that's probably the second most likely option behind. Like, I mean, seriously, it really is. So we will see when we get to Sunday. Thank you all for joining us this week. And thank you to Imprise for sponsoring this, for allowing us to do this. Go support them. You're the best. Yes. Thank you, Imprise. We'll catch you for the post-game show, hopefully, after the Chiefs beat the Bengals. Catch you later.